This reading is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I ask that in these brief few moments that you would open our eyes again to see you afresh and to uh, look for your coming again. In your name, Amen. Well, we've been looking at the appearances of God through angels and other visions uh, to the people of the time. And this is the third appearance. Of course, there are four, but I've missed one out on purpose because the fourth appearance appears next week, and that's Jesus himself. Uh, You can't get any more God than God uh, coming. So we've skipped from the shepherds past the birth to the wise men. Uh, I I say they're commonly referred to as wise men. It could be magi, magi, I don't know how we say it. Uh, We all say it differently. Um, But these people have seen a star in the sky. And from their understanding, from their wisdom and knowledge, they know and they perceive that a new king has been born. Now, I don't know whether they knew that because God appeared to them in angels. That's not written down for us. Uh, I don't know if they have any of the old Jewish Old Testament texts. I don't know if they have other manuscripts. I don't know any of that. We're simply given enough detail by Matthew to know that they saw a star and they connect it with the important birth of a king. 
And I think there are lots of really interesting aspects to this story, not least that they're attracted to a star. These were probably astrologers and they notice a star. I suppose that's sort of what they're there for. Mary has a personal one-to-one visit. The shepherds, who are lowly folk and possibly people wouldn't believe them, are given more than one angel so that it hits them between the eyes. They can corroborate each other's story and bearing in mind they live in that solitary existence, they can confirm to everybody what really happened. So God appears to each participant in this story in a different way. But each of them recognised that it was God that was speaking to them. Now we might argue uh, with the the shepherds being confronted by a myriad of angels is a fail, you know, it's a pretty sure way of getting your attention. Um, And possibly even some buy-in, who knows. Uh, But I do wonder whether I would notice how God speaks to me. Because God spoke to each of these individuals in a different way. And God speaks to us in different ways. What is immediately reassuring is that God appears to the rich and the lowly. He appears to men and he appears to to women. God appears to different nationalities and almost certainly of differing education. God finds a way to speak in a way that they will notice and that we will notice. The Magi set off in faith and they are bold and they're confident. They uh, put together all their gifts and they take them in sure knowledge that what they have seen, they believe in. And we were saying last week, weren't we, that the shepherds had to get up and get involved. They had to take part. And no less did these magi. We're told that it was a long way, but we don't read of them giving up. We don't read of them thinking we need to turn round. Because the star continued to shine. It was in the sky. They were confident to continue. And how clear it is that we continue when we can see the goal in front of us. It's that incentive to keep going. We keep moving forward. But I wonder how often it is that we lose sight of where we're going and who's calling us. I think of Moses keeping his arms up to win the victory. And whenever they lowered they were overcome. So people and his, his sons, wasn't it, either side held his hands up for him. I think of Peter walking on the water and all the time his vision was on Christ, he walked. And when he looked at the water, he sank. The words of Christ prevented him from sinking. Now, I told you a little bit last week about my um, retreat. There was one other thing I was going to share with you, um, which was on, I think, the second day, I was invited to walk at the labyrinth, which is in the garden at the retreat centre. 
Now I've done lots of labyrinths before, uh, and I'm sure you know what they are. They, they look a bit like a maze, but there is only a single path, and you follow this single path in loops around, it gets close to the centre, it goes further away, it, walks, it goes round and round in circles, but ultimately you reach the middle. And on your journey, of course, you think you're going towards the centre and then you turn away again. There are unexpected twists and turns. And at one point, having got quite close, you're walking round the outside of the circle. And because there's only one path, there was someone coming back towards me. So at that point of the journey, I stepped out of the circle. And at that point, it reminded me of my life. But as he passed, he turned and invited me back in. Which again reminded me of part of my life. And ultimately, I got to the centre and I laid something down. And then I start walking away again. And as you do, of course, you retrace your steps, sometimes towards the middle, sometimes further away. The bends and the twists and the turns were still there. But all the time I could see the centre. Because I'd been at the centre. I'd met the centre. Until eventually you leave the labyrinth. And I turned back and looked at it. And it was a bit like seeing a picture of my life. Sometimes I was close to God. Sometimes I was further away. But all the time he was there in the centre. And all the time, if I turned my eyes, I could see where God was. And it made, me quite, um, it made me quite emotional at the time. In a way that uh, labyrinths hadn't struck me in that way before. Uh, and it, it took me, I don't know, it probably took me 45 minutes to do it. Uh, which in the wild Welsh uh, weather was a long time, it felt. I was quite chilly by the end of it. But my heart was warm. Uh, Last week I also told you uh, that Isabel was in her last few days and after the service uh, I took the opportunity to go and see her. Uh, I don't know whether she was sleeping or whether she was just in and out of consciousness or or not but uh, I read a couple of passages to her, I prayed for her and for the wider family And I have to say that at 7.30 that evening, last Sunday, she died. In her room, uh, and I'm sure anyone that has visited her will note note this, there was a daily Bible reading book. There was a Bible. There was a song book. And there were cards all over the place. Both cards that she'd received the endless cards that she'd written. I think I got two from her while she was in there. I don't know how many others here got, but I'm sure you got plenty. Until the very end, she was praying. Until the very end, when she left her labyrinth, she could see God in the middle. 
And God was the spoke around which her life was rotating. She kept her eyes on God at all times. And her magi were intent on where they were going. It was that that drove them forward, that commanded their path, that guided their steps. At one point, of course, they nearly fail, don't they? At one point, they take their eyes off the star and they turn to Herod. They turn to humankind and say, which way should we go? And Herod said, I don't know, but when you do know, tell me. And then God speaks directly to them and says, go back another way. Having learned their lesson, they've seen God in person. They go back a different way because having met with God, the Spirit of God is with them and diverts their uh, path. Having seen the Christ child, they could seek no other authority. It is, as it were, they were walking in a spiritual realm. They'd come to worship and celebrate, and so they did. And their meeting, of course, their meeting with that Christ child face to face was the culmination of their journey. And I assume from Matthew's writing that they knew that this was going to be a newborn king. Uh, and therefore it would be a very young child. But there is no doubt in their mind that they have met with the king. They leave their gifts behind. They don't only leave part of their gift behind, thinking this is only a child, it won't need very much. I'll keep some of the gold myself, because actually it's only a baby. They leave it all. They go prepared They meet God and they leave everything with him. They recognize the call of God, they act upon it and they keep their eyes on Christ. They gave all that they could and they came with. And then they return in the power of the Spirit, guided by that Spirit, a different route. And as I think back again to that labyrinth and Isabel, I wonder how my life looks when I look back on it. And how do I want it to look as I go forward? Am I content with the twists and the turns? Or do I want those turns and that path that I follow to have purpose and meaning and hope and reason for the future by keeping my eyes fixed on God? And as Advent draws to a close and we all prepare to meet Jesus a week today on his birth, where am I looking? Where are you looking? Where is our focus? Where is our love? And I'll just repeat what Jesus said to us last week. Come to me. Come to me this Christmas and make me your home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray just as the Magi that we would hear your voice, see you speaking to us, 
see your sign for us to follow and that we may be prepared to be confident and committed to you and your way that throughout life we may turn our eyes to you and follow your path. For your name's sake we pray. Amen.